the Asian Avengers. So weak. The Asian <laughs> Avengers. So weak. So so fuckable, bro. You know? Whoa. Whoa. There's five Asian guys together. Wow. Together. Did you ever um, go through a stealing phase? Do I think everyone should have a gun? Maybe. Or you can look me up. I don't care. I'll fight you. I don't care. You want to get high as fuck? You, you like opium? Hey, welcome back to another episode of Asian Not Asian yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Podcast where two Asian guys not from Asia talk about American issues no American cares about. I am your host, Fumi Abe. And I'm Mike Nguyen. Today is December 12th, Saturday. It's cold as hell in New York City. Uh, if you are listening to this on your phones right now, please take a screenshot, uh, post it on Instagram stories, tag us at asian.asianpod.com, um, and share it with your friends. Word of mouth is how we get bigger. Yeah, um, man, and it's really up to you guys because uh, the industry has passed on us. That is, this is fa- this is fact. So you need to share it. <laughs> and uh, if you want to support us even more, check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/AsianNotAsianPod for bonus co- content. We have but we've got bonus episodes. We share behind the scenes stuff from stand up, all kinds of naughty fun stuff. So um, check that out if you want to be a part of that. And if you're an iTunes listener, just please leave a review. I want to start this podcast off with a little story. I just got back. If you've been following me, my stories which I know seven of you are. I just got back from Palm Springs. I was in Palm Springs for a week with the Comedy Central team. Uh, we were in this thing called the Viral House, which is like the CBS Viacom version of like a TikTok house. T- terrible name, by the like, way. Just Yeah, they thought they were being quirky. You know, you know somebody <laughs> in like, I don't know, marketing, the marketing yeah. department thought of that. They, were, they wouldn't let us pick the name where when we heard that we're like can we pitch some other names and they're like no so <laughs> it was it was somebody's somebody was really proud of that name so we yeah, went there oh, for sure in palm springs i've never been to palm springs it it's very very beautiful have you been there i know you're from la i've never been there it's you get out and it, it feels like a I don't know. You, you you ever been on like uh, Thunder Mountain at Disneyland? That ride? <laughs> yes, yes, it's like I have. that, but like a city. It's crazy. Like it's like a big desert, are, right? For sure. And everybody's super rich. There's so many golf courses, and we were like, so in, we were like in this house. It was a bubble. We weren't allowed to leave. But the biggest thing is that I, I had to spend like seven days with these comedians in this house right. together. How many people and, were there? Um, there were three homes, and oh, okay. in my house there were there were five rooms. But there were Shit. like six content creators, so we were like always together. And uh, I don't know. It was interesting because a I'm like 31 now, and like you know, first of all, like let's get this out of the way. I need my own bathroom, right? And that oh know, yeah, I, I poop. I poop like four times a day, and like I was getting poop anxiety <laughs> from that all week. Just like, dude, oh, am I gonna stink? That's the biggest thing you know when I mean? traveling, man. Hell yeah, dude. Where are you gonna dude, take a like, dump? Yeah. That's and I know I, I'm not laughing because I am serious. I remember like yes. one of the best things about hanging out with your friends in your 30s is we always do a bathroom check with each other i went to the beach with kenise mobley and uh yeah with her and like we just kept being like you got a shit you got a shit like we kept checking up on each other because we both poop like four times a day yeah and you know i was like so that was like making me nervous um but it was overall it was fun i I think the 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 weirdest thing that happened is like it's all comics and i've never had comedy roommates um but when I hang out with comics, it's usually fun. It's after a show. We're fucking around. We're shitting on each other. It's a good time. Yep. You know, jokes nonstop. Uh, but it started off that way. But I realized that I have like a mental limit on how many jokes I want to hear in a day. Yeah. <laughs> and after a while, I remember like the last two days. In the beginning, I was like, everybody's roughing, riffing. And oh, I was like, God. oh, man, everybody's so fast and quick. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I- I'm going gonna, gonna to try to catch up and try to be funny. Yeah. And by like... Day five, I was like, shut the fuck shut up. Shut up. Like, I don't give a yeah. fuck what no. you think about this breakfast yeah. burrito. Don't and, care. Like, I just, re- I like tapped yes. out, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Know you if, know, have man, you ever had sunset, a thing like that? Dude, I mean, um, so this is why um, when I hang out with other comedians, I have to leave my wife at home because my wife is always like, are there going to be comedians there? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you guys are so fucking annoying. Everything is so fucking... <laughs> Everything is so fucking funny to you. Guess what? It's not funny. Ha 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 ha. And and I have to admit she's right because it's just like no matter what you bring up, it's just like, you know, it could just be like, oh man, you know, uh, hey yeah, hand me the salt shaker. Ha ha, salt shaker, bro. You know, it's like a penis. Ha ha. You know, it's like, oh yeah. my god. You know, like I get it because I, mean, I get, get it. I get it, into it, it too for sure. It is it is fun for like an X amount of time. You know. Yeah. And I think that limit is different for everybody. And perhaps this is why I'll never make it because I realize that I do have a limit. But uh, I remember thinking, I remember going from like, oh man, these guys are so like inspirational, hilarious to like, oh, this is a disease. <laughs> like you, you can't stop 
doing this. Like no, if no, I no. say, if I say like, oh, my wife left me, you know, you have, you can't, yeah, you don't have always. it in you to be like, are you okay? You, your first response is like, ah, it's because you got a small dick, huh? Or whatever. The, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, because you hundred percent, give it is, the pipe. You know, this is, not, it's, not, it's, yeah, not so crazy rich Asians or whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, you know, ha, like ha, it's, it's gotta dude, be, bro, bro. It's because yeah. you're like, you know, you're you just got a small dick. <laughs> you know, like it, it was wild. There's this is a hundred percent like late at night. You know, they're they they they're they're having an epiphany. You know, they're looking in the mirror and they just see a clown, but looking back at them, and it's just like you know, like I they just can't <laughs> escape. Everything is always just a joke. Yes. Um, this is a new. This is a great idea for a new Jordan Peele movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, where you yeah you you can't escape yeah, it's the clown. Called the la- it's, it's called the last laugh. The last it's a laugh. Clown. Yeah. Oh, that sounds but, uh, uh, truly terrible. I I feel yeah. that it's it's. I, f- I think it's because there's it's so I think a lot of comedians myself included we turn things which are painful into funny because it's a way to protect sure, ourselves sure right and so we like turn uh you know if something terrible happens you either can laugh at it or you can kind of be sad about it right and we usually try to turn it into laughs and I think the same thing happens with like anxiety you know I can tell when somebody I think is to i think a lot of comedians if they get into a situation they'll just like turn on the funny a little bit to kind of like break up a little bit of the awkwardness and stuff like that yeah. and i think if anything being in this house you probably you were probably anxious and and they were all probably anxious and everybody's just like turning the anxious meter up and everybody's just yeah, like fucking making yeah. jokes all the time right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um <laughs> before i bring up our guests i want to tell one willy terrible thing i did that was like so embarrassing and it like really ruined the mood for oh the god day. okay yeah hit so me. like let me pre- let me preface this with like i'm not an actor okay i don't act and part of the reason why i wanted to do this program that i'm in right now is because i thought i'd get practice at acting but unfortunately because the quarantine i haven't really been able to practice acting i've been just wearing wigs in my own house in front of a green <laughs> screen making <laughs> stupid videos yep so i'm not so let's so that's number one i'm not a good actor b I, i'm not like necessarily like an amazing improv person okay like yeah i feel when comedians like here's the way i describe it when stand-up comics are sitting next to each other and laughing at, a, at the lunch table yes and then the Im- improv people are sitting at the lunch table the, the difference is comedians i am making fun of your fat stomach okay yeah but the improv people are building a boat that is the difference right so like <laughs> i can be i can be funny if i'm like shitting on your physical body or like i'm making fun of you for something you did but like i it's it just takes a little bit of time for me to if you know because when you're acting a lot of times they'll have it have you do it one way and another way and they'll be like okay this third time just like don't follow the script do whatever you want right yeah. so they did that to me and when they said that I like panicked I was like I don't I don't know what to say especially because the line was I knew it that that was it it was one line I'm like how can I get I don't know yeah, how to make yeah, this yeah, any yeah, funnier yeah, yeah. and so I panicked and when the so I was doing a scene with this guy named Trevor Wallace. He's a huge YouTube comedian. He's also right. a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Very funny by the way. And yeah. I, I feel he has like a chip on his shoulder because I think people just think he's a YouTube comic. He's very he's very funny in person. And he's a great actor too. And when he was he was based the, the the premise is that he's like a he's obsessed with uh conspiracy theories. Yeah. And he comes in to the house and we're having an intervention. And he comes in, he's like, I knew it. I knew you were going to do this. And my yeah, line dude. was like, you knew, my, my, my line was like, you knew what? Like, I'm being skeptical. And they're like, yeah, just try something out. And uh, I was like, okay. And I was like, uh. so he comes in and I was like, he was like, I knew it. You guys are holding an event- intervention for me. And I was like, you knew what? You just got here. Your hair looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody stopped. Nobody laughed. And somebody was like, you were on a different shoot. Like that is not even in the spirit of the uh, script. What are you talking? About? <laughs> it you was just, so you just immediately You just come out immediately with just like a like a personal secret, like a secret, like a personal. Or something. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like it's just it's like oh, oh Fumi, go ahead and improv, and and then you're just like I hate everyone. You know? Yeah. Where did that and come it was from? like it was because you know sometimes you do improv and you mess up and people laugh. Yeah, but yeah. Nobody yeah. laughed. It was like what is happening? And it was truly. So embarrassing, but uh, you know, I want to talk about this with our guest today because uh, hey, he's an actor, you know, and he's a writer. He's a stand-up comedian. He's done it all. He's he's met famous people. Uh, he's a, you know, I met this dude when I was really new in comedy. I met him when I was t- in 2016. I was like, I was a baby comedian. I was two years in, and I met them at this comedy festival, and we were comedy roommates. He was my first comedy roommate for like two nights. Mm. Um, so guys, give it up for the hilarious 
Ismail Lutfi, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? How you guys doing? What's good, man? Good, man. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Are we? Is the wait? Is the audio okay? I feel like you were talking earlier, but I couldn't hear you. Oh I, shit! No, I, I was just saying, I cut in inappropriately because you said that you never had roommates, comedy roommates, Com- and I was I, offended. Comedy roommates, because yeah. I, I was like, what about me at the Chicago, oh, yeah, yeah. Chicago <laughs> Comedy Festival? That's where we met, and we were boys, and we were we were boys. <laughs> we were immediate yeah. That boys. was uh, yeah. I was on. I was, that was really like the first time I like lived with comedians, but we were only together for a couple of days, and then it was so funny because. Uh, I think, you know, you, you haven't been doing comedy like that much longer than I have. Maybe you have like a year on me or something like that. But I was I met Ismail and I was like, oh, he's so funny. We're boys now. He's gonna move to New York. It's we're like, we're gonna be we're gonna be a team. And then like three months later, he gets JFL. And I'm like, never mind. He's ahead of me. It's fine. <laughs> Actually, I did JFL the week after Chicago Comedy Festival. Oh, so yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, immediate. yeah. I, I remember that, feeling I like that. a baller. I was like, I'm at this festival. Nobody knows because you have to keep it secret. Oh, oh shit. Man. And I got this Fumi, this new friend who thinks that we're equals. And, uh, <laughs> but secretly, I'm way better than him. Yeah. Secret, I have this secret, It's the best. Man. Yeah. Um, no, dude. You know, it's funny. You were talking about um, the the viral house for Comedy Central with all the comedians. I I have like a strict no riffing with strangers policy. Like, <gasps> I do not. If I'm with Why? people that I'm not comfortable with, I'm not going to tr- pretend to turn it on because it's not going to be good. It's it's gonna mm. be like pretend, oh, okay. you know. Wait, does that include comedians or like your wife's friends? Exclusively comedians. I'll try to be funny with with wife's friends because what what does it matter, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't okay. Be yeah, a bummer. Yeah, yeah. But with comedians, it's like I'd much rather be like the mysterious, quiet guy <laughs> who's got a lot going on upstairs, <laughs> you know? Now that's funny, Ismail. Now that's hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's all I crave. I'm not trying to be in this in this you know potluck of. Awful riffs with people I don't give a shit about. I ha- I really do hate Yo, it. I dude, hate uh, it so that, much. I, I feel like that's why we vibe because when I met you, like you didn't try to be funny with me. In fact, I think you like recommended. You're like, yeah, I'm watching Rick and Morty. You should check it out. I think this was like 2016 when it was new, and you're like, oh, there's a new show called Rick and Morty. Check it out. So I think that's why we got off on the right foot because you didn't try to like build a build, build a canoe with me or some shit, you know. For oh, sure, yeah, no, yeah. and I remember I remember feeling like a special connection with you for that reason, for being like, oh, I don't like need to be like one of these goofballs. Yeah, we're we're comedians who don't tell jokes. So <laughs> yeah, take take that. Dude, Very different for the stage, man. Have you like have you ever had comedy roommates? I, I think exclusively. This is the first time I live with my wife and our dog, but prior to that, it's just I've only lived with comics. And, um, and how's that been for you? It's all right. I, I always I live with people that are like just good people, you know, like I, I, I've never factored in like how like successful or, or how like much of an edge I can get by living with a person. So like I, that's never you know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah. they yeah. could just be yeah. like friends that I have, you know, but I think it just has to do with being in comedy so much that all my friends of every caliber are comedians. Yeah, yeah. It it would be psychotic to try to climb up the ladder of comedy by trying to live as somebody right I think people right. do that i think what? people people fucking do that man oh yeah Comics i'm are sure. doing that like there's there's Just, no end to like the bizarre like power moves people think they're they're pulling off I, I mean i could barely handle this for a week so i don't even know what i would have to do if like <laughs> i don't know what i would do if i had to live with somebody and they were just i don't know always trying to riff on every single meal i made or something like that <laughs> I was going to live with Ronan Hirschberg and Jeffrey Asmus when I first moved to New York. That's what I was going to mm-hmm. do, and then I decided against it. But if I had done that, I feel like I would have, I would be a different person. <laughs> if you don't know those comedians, they're, like, really funny, but they're, they're exactly what you're talking about. Like, they're always riffing. Yeah, yeah. They're always writing down every conversation they just had. Oh, Bro, no. And that's why, and that's why you have a wife. Okay, so that's why. Because if you and those guys don't have wives, that's exactly why. That's that's right. Right. Some that's some people say they're still riffing to this day. You know, <laughs> they're still riffing. If you listen closely, um, Ismail, I want to I want to introduce you to our listeners for people who may not know you. So I want to talk about like your background like a little bit before we get into other shit. But uh, you know, you and I have kind of talked about this before. But you uh, you you are originally from Connecticut. Uh, but you grew up in this like kind of conservative area in in Central Florida, right? I don't remember what city it was. No, I, I'm from Florida. I was born in in Ocala, in in oh, cent- okay. Central Florida. You yeah. never lived in. Oh, sorry. You're, one of your parents is from Connecticut. Yeah, my mom's Connecticut. 
that's right. That's right. Okay. Um, and you have a lot of jokes about this, but you know, you are one of the few like super devout Muslim comedians. I think is that is that correct? Uh, I'd say there's like four of us. I don't know if super devout <laughs> is fair though. Super devout feels dishonest. I don't think you can be super devout and call yourself super devout. Yeah, like, I, 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 I pray. Yeah. I pray five times a day. I'll say that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, kind of like, what, what, describe to us like what was that like for you? Like growing up in Florida and this like red red town. You know, Muslim Muslim name. Muslim. You know, you're, you're praying all the time. I, I also read that your dad is your dad is super into Islam and all that. Um, you know, kind of describe to us what that was like. I I mean, my family was really um, isolated and very. They all all my sisters and mom wore hijab and my and my dad had a big beard. And he drove this car that he like painted on. He painted the words islamalways.com right on the back of it. Whoa. And he, like Whoa. all yeah, he painted all this stuff. If if you Google Islamobile Florida, it shows up. And it it was just this you know those cars that like are covered in like Jesus shit? Yeah, dude. Like a van that's like full of like repent to Jesus. My dad was that for Islam and it had all kinds of crazy shit. Wait, there were those weren't bumper stickers. He painted it on. No, yeah, it was paint. He paint because he was a, he would paint here and there, and then sometimes he would bring it to his car and he would just paint all over his car. It was it looked nutty. It was it was very weird. Did he have? Did he? Uh, was he the proprietor of uh, IslamAlways.com? Was that his thing, or is that just <laughs> like he's just giving web traffic to this other place? Is that what, like what was going on there? Yeah, it was web traffic to another guy's website. Yeah, I don't think he ever. <laughs> even went to it i he just heard the name of the website and liked he was it, like that's it. i love that name and he painted <laughs> it on his car and i think he actually wow. doesn't he didn't even like that guy he didn't even like Dude. that imam like wow that that's such a dad move to like something and be like yeah i'm gonna sponsor it. it's like dad you don't have a following it's like now nah, i'm gonna right. sponsor it i'm gonna i'm gonna just do it on my own <laughs> um and he uh yeah so but we were fine. Like nobody fucked with us. We were really, we were really, really okay. Yeah, yeah. We were just. I was very isolated in my worldview. Like, right, I, I right. did. I don't feel like we were like Mormons or or, or Westboro Baptist Church people. Um, you know what I mean? Like we weren't like yeah, huddling, afraid of everybody. Right, but, right, um, right. Just personally, yeah, I like didn't fuck with anyone. But like you went to public school, right? Like you went to school pe- 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 with people who are Christian, whatever. Maybe they're drinking. Maybe they're doing drugs. Maybe they're having sex at age fourteen. Like you know, I, for me, when I moved here, I, I didn't have a strong religious hold. But a lot of my my worldview and values kind of dissipated after you know four or five years of exposure to American public school, right? Like the way I felt about weed or sex and stuff like that. And I'm just wondering, like, how how was that? You know, did you were you able to sort of like you know, like you said, you, were, you said you had a very isolated view of the world. Like, were you able to, like, kind of hold on to that? Or, did, you know, did you... Yeah. You know, some, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I think it was, like, reactionary. Like, isolated isn't exactly the perfect description of it. It was more a reaction to, like, everything going on at the time, you know? Like, 9-11 mm-hmm. and then the Iraq War and, like, invading Afghanistan. There was a bunch of things that happened, you know, around the world that if you were an American Muslim at the time, you had to, like choose it was binary it was like are you going yeah, to be yeah, yeah, yeah. at mosque or are you not ever going to go to mosque ever again for right, the next 15 right. years you know so like i was i was just you know happened to be born in a family that was very much like oh no we're we're picking mosque like we're picking yeah, this yeah. like the religion and the culture over being afraid of the religion and the culture oh i fucking love that man yeah that's cool. yeah i, I think- mean well that's interesting i feel like it's crazy that you know, at that time, because I can see what you're saying, it, it you know, it, it makes you, makes you, makes you kind of choose, and that's kind of, I don't know, I feel like, do you feel like that was kind of unfair that you had to be all in or all out? You know, do you ever feel like you could, you know, it's like, oh well, I don't want to have to be, I don't want to have to make this false choice, or or do you feel that like this was kind of, did you even think about it like that? I don't, I didn't think about it like that. I, I mean, it's so not like exciting, but I was very. uh I just went along with whatever, you know, I was not questioning anything as a kid. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like it was unfair. I was like, Hey, I mean, they're attacked. Let me tell you, if you're like growing up in a religious Muslim family in America, it felt like America was at war with Islam. Like you really yeah, yeah. did yeah, feel yeah. For like sure. you were on the front lines <laughs> of the wrong side, you know, yeah. but, I mean, yeah. fuck, that's going to make me sound like a terrorist, but you know what I mean? Like it felt like they're invading <laughs> everywhere. And if I fucking drink a beer, I'm on team, like, I'm on team attack Iraq, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, 
I don't know. It, it, it fit with me. I was, I mean, on, okay. I was on board. So like that, that all like sounds, you know, awesome to me as an adult that you had this like strong mm, foothold with your family. But like, how did that manifest in school and like within your social group? Like, I'm sure you had, you know, it's fucking Florida. You probably had friends who had like rat tails. Is that what it's called? When they <laughs> the thing? And they, they had a go-kart and they're like, yeah, you're Muslim where, or whatever, you know, where, where is this going? <laughs> I'm just oh, saying, like, yeah, dude, you're just like, how do you, like, if you, if you, uh, if you truly believed in all that, like, like, how were you able to like make friends, and how did that kind of manifest in your social oh, circles? Oh, I didn't make any friends. I had no friends <laughs> in my hometown until senior year of high school, when like I was in a bunch of classes with really smart kids, and then we, you know, we became friends because we were oh, shit. not dumb. Oh, shit. Um, Damn. So you don't have any like friends of like you as a nine year old like playing basketball with? No, there. I mean, definitely not. I mean. I'll, my whole social group was at the mosque, and I didn't like any of those kids either. So, oh really? How come? Because they were all like the wrong age. You know how sometimes uh, yeah. everyone yeah. in your community is just like four years too old or too young. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. like that. There was nobody the right age for me to like actually have friends. Um, but I didn't. I didn't care. I played video games. I was fucking chill, Perfect. dude. Oh shit! I fucking would go. What did you play? Dude, I played this game called Medieval 2 Total War. It like, <laughs> oh my god. Dude, I fucking, I play, I still play it to this day, especially in quarantine. I'm fucking on board with it. <laughs> I'm playing it okay, right now. This is so interesting because you, <laughs> you, had, you had no friends. You were like, fuck America. Yeah. But this product though, it's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> this thing about yeah. Oh, dude, I'm fuck. That's like that meme. Like, oh, I have problems with society. Oh, but you partake in society, dude. Yes. I was yeah. fucking all about America, dude. Like, <laughs> like, I, how how could you not be? There's goddamn fucking donuts. This place is great, dude. <laughs> dude I feel that, and sometimes make- I. Every time I like, you know, see pictures of like ISIS or whatever, I'm just like, I bet they're playing Ghost of Tsushima. You know what I mean? Like. They get down. Yo, they got they got Ariana Grande on you know yeah. on lock on Spotify, dude. You know, yeah, yeah. you fucking kidding dude, me, dude. She, Ariana, she she looks like she could be like Kurdish or something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's getting progressively more um, Kurdish. Well, it's interesting you say you, you didn't have a lot of friends because you have this famous bit where you say you got married when you're like 17, right? So you 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 had one friend. I mean, that was senior year. That was the year I made a bunch of friends. And that Whoa. was the first year. <laughs> you just went like, from no friends to getting married. Man, dude. Just oh, fucking, yeah. Dude, yeah. I made a okay. huge leap. What I happened? Mean, I went from like, well, it was, that was exactly it. It was like everything that you're talking about in terms of like questioning it or like how did you, how did you confront the American culture and Muslim culture. It all happened that one year when I was 17. Oh, made shit. a bunch of friends. Felt cool for the first time. Started wearing wow. contacts. Got hot. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> met a girl and like. You know, you can't have premarital sex if you're really conservative Muslim. So right. I was like, right. let's just fucking get married. Whoa. And she was Whoa. like, she was like, no. And I was like, come on. And she was like, all right. And then we got married. <laughs> wow. And it wasn't legal, though. It was it was like a Muslim wedding. It was a it was a nikah is what it's called. It was like a very just spiritual type deal that my dad officiated. Um, and it lasted six months. So hell yeah. Oh, shit. Were you, was this, because, uh, you know, we always talk about this. Uh, we, we talk about, um, uh, what, what's the name of that show, Fumi? The, uh, Rami. Uh, Rami. And there's, yeah. in the first, in the pilot episode, she, you know, they're like, he's he's going to hook up with this Muslim girl. And then she's like, oh, do you want, do you, should we, do we have to get married first? And it's kind of like an implication that it's like a quickie thing so you can do your thing. Right, yeah, he's gonna do it on his phone online. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You can like, you can, you can like, you know, can Skype, Skype in someone to to get you guys married. Was this like that, or was this like, hey, you know what? Well, I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give this a run, or was, or you know, because I mean, as a teenager, I could see myself, I could see myself doing that. You know, like I'm just like, yo, I need to get laid. I will marry. I will convert to Mormonism in order to to get this. You know, was it like that, or were you, were you trying to even, were you even thinking that far? What was going on? I think it was like a it was a blend of both those things because on the one mm-hmm. hand like I I knew that it was abnormal to be getting married at 17 but sure. on the other hand I I liked this girl a lot like I was de- I was a little yep. romantic yep. I was like yeah I'll fucking be with her forever I don't care <laughs> so I wasn't doing it I wasn't doing it completely disingenuously there there was some actual emotion there no i love um, so, i love your i love your uh you're such a romantic guy hey you want to get married come on you know and hey you know <laughs> i don't care i don't give a fuck you come know I'll, 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 I'll like you you know i don't give a shit you know, you know so that's, like that's love what, baby 
what was the the reaction on your side of the family and the reaction on the I'm, I'm assuming she was white but like on this american this american girl's family yeah she so my family was like very uh suspicious of it and but they were nice they were they were they're polite about the whole thing wow um, especially <laughs> really? my dad is the one who was on board with my dad was like yeah do it definitely because my dad I, i've told you he's like he was super religious is, is really, uh, islamalways.com baby yeah for sure yeah islamalways.com totally i mean this is what the prophet would have done peace be upon him <laughs> people got married at 14 back then like that was my attitude i was like i'm 17 in, in, in ancient islamic era i could have led, led an army against rome yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. which yeah. is true they, they had yep. teenagers yep. fucking fighting in armies dude i sound like such a terrorist it's insane yeah, dude. yeah. yeah. i keep this is it this is the last episode that's kind of your brand though you know your brand is like <laughs> is this guy in fucking isis like that's, yeah. that's your-, <laughs> your your brand is a little bit like i may be an isis recruiter but i'm a cool guy you know like yeah, right. I'm a, you I'm know a cool right. terrorist <laughs> yeah hey invite, invite me over to your house and also hey check out these pamphlets you know that's your vibe for sure ishmael so that's great hey, that's that's what i want to be continue with your story I, I love hearing this yeah wait no so so yeah okay so she was uh, white she was a white girl. Well, half Hispanic, but like okay. white. Okay. Hey. And um, we yeah, her family was not on board. They did not like it. They were very they were very redneck. And yeah. Um, yeah. And this was like 2010, yeah. so kind of the height of Obama fear. Like you know what I mean? Like when it was yeah. first popping yeah. off. Like the Tea Party was just popping off. Yeah. All the like yeah. the posters that have Obama like with a bone in his nose, like the really racist stuff was just sure, kind of hitting sure. suddenly. Um, so it was really bad timing. Plus Sharia law was in the news, which it's kind of gone away now, but right, uh, it was right. a really big deal that like all these states were passing anti-Sharia law bills. Um, so the the idea of like, you know, your daughter having like a brown boyfriend want to like have a Sharia marriage with her. <laughs> there you scary. go. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was mm. very bad timing, and also we were teenagers, so it was bad timing. Right. In every well, there was that also, yeah. But um, they yeah they just kind of her mom was just really against it and and kind of mean to her, not to me. She was nice to me, oh, uh, but she was shitty to to her daughter about it. And I kind of I today I get it, I guess, but it's also it was you know I I wasn't gonna hurt anybody. It's it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're just trying to get your dick sucked. I understand. I'm just trying to get him in. Yeah, you know? come on, you're man. You're just trying to spread the word of ISIS, man. You know. Just, yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah. I know that. Uh, I know that your mother had converted to Islam when she married your father, because I know your mother is not Muslim. Um, right. She is Muslim, but she's not like a white lady from Connecticut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you try to do that with your girlfriend at all? No, no, I don't. I, I never had that in my mind. That's I mean mm. that just that was my age. Like I was such a I was a little kid. Like it, to me, I was like, well, whatever. She can. We'll never. We'll think about that later. We'll think about religion and stuff in ten years. Anyway, religion is the reason that we're doing this huge life altering right. thing. Right. right. You know, right. there was like a discrepancy there. But I never thought about her converting. Yeah. Damn. Do you you, you guys don't still talk to you? <laughs> you ever, no. No. She. She doesn't hate me, but she definitely doesn't have fond memories of me like i think she okay. looks back on that okay. time like that was lame like she thinks it was like just kind of blech wow she thought it was l- okay well if she looks back and thinks that whole wedding thing is lame i think you got off pretty easily <laughs> because i could see somebody like looking back if i thought back to my high school it's like oh my god i did get married to that muslim guy i think that's more than lame that's like a life-altering fucking <laughs> you know that's yeah some people would say it's manipulative i don't know yeah, you know maybe. i'm just putting words in their mouth. yeah could be. I don't know. Maybe she does hate me. Maybe she has some stronger feelings about it, but I don't know. Uh, I, I can't. I'm not going to ask her. I'm not going to DM <laughs> her like, hey, remember that thing that hey, remember, you hey, forgot about? Crazy. Man, I was just thinking, man, remember how crazy we were as kids and, you know, we got married. You know, remember Sharia Law, man? That was crazy. You know, <laughs> man, Sharia Law, that should be man, crazy. Sharia, Sharia Law is crazy, guys. You know? Dude, you're doing my yeah. act. You're you're married now. You got married recently. Congratulations. Um does your wife know about this story like obviously like what are her thoughts about yeah for sure no she i think she asks the same questions that everybody asks she's just interested in it i don't think she really i don't know like you'd imagine that it would be a red flag for your you know fiance to have gotten married in some like weird sham sharia marriage when they were a teenager but i don't think (laughs) she looks at it that way because i i mean i don't know you know you know the story it's not like i fucking pulled some trick 
I, no, I, I mean, no. honestly, it, it just seems like a regular Florida story, to be honest with you. It's like, doesn't <laughs> even, it doesn't even right. seem that weird. <laughs> On the scale of Florida things that could have happened to me, it, it's pretty, pretty low down there. It's not that yeah, crazy. It seems, it seems actually pretty wholesome, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, Mike, you know me on the podcast, I like to laugh like an insane person, spread joy through jokes and yes. inappropriate comments. But is that how I feel on the inside in 2020? Absolutely not, Mike. I, no, it's, man. It's a dark mess in here, dude. Sometimes I'm really sad. Sometimes I'm a little depressed. I'm really stressed. You know, and I think a lot of people with the pandemic, they're not really sure about job security. And that's a, that's a huge source of stress for a lot of people. And I think if any of our listeners feel this way, they should check out our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. This isn't self-help. It's professional counseling. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Woo! All without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. You know how those waiting rooms can be, bro. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need it. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com Asian. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Asian. Dude, 2020 has been... A Yo, crazy fuck 2020. <laughs> it's been a very <laughs> shitty year. And you know what? You know what makes 2020 really bad? It's not the COVID. It's not mm. the fact that I lost my job. It's that I've been real stinky. Mm. I'm so I'm a stinky man. You are a stinky man, man. That's why we do our podcast recordings remotely. Oh, that hurts my I that hurts my feelings. <laughs> Good, because you smell terrible. <laughs> well, I think that in 2021, I like to change that so we can start recording together again. I think it's time to change things up, and I think I need to start with Hawthorne. Hawthorne is a premium tailored personal care brand that's making it easy for guys to feel and smell your best. It's really easy. You start with their quiz. On this quiz, they ask you things like, what's your favorite drink? How do you like to spend a night out? Where do you like to go? That sort of stuff. It's a lot of, it's actually really fun. Uh, it's, it's, I love talking about myself. You answer all these quizzes. It's, pr it's pretty short. It's pretty simple. Uh, and the products I got are awesome. I got two kinds of cologne. I got some shampoo. I have this really cool deodorant because I am also a stinky boy. And I think it really helps. You know, they, you, know you gotta take care of uh, your beautiful Asian skin. Wow, not gonna like, didn't know people who shave their heads use shampoo. But if you want to upgrade your self-care routine, Hawthorne is a fun and convenient way to get super high-quality products tailored specifically for your needs. Hawthorne even takes the risk out of it by giving you free shipping on your orders and returns. And if you don't like your products, they'll even retailer them for you based on your feedback. Do what I did. Take Hawthorne's quiz today and get started on your personalized self-care routine by going to hawthorne.co and use promo code NOTASIAN to get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Promo code NOTASIAN. Hawthorne.co. Promo code NOTASIAN. Uh, wanted to also talk about, you know, you're a writer on um, Patriot Act. Um, you know, just like, what was it like working on the show? What was it like working with uh, with with uh, with Hassan? Hassan. Um, it was, you know, it was it was pretty crazy. It was fun. That was my first like writing anything yeah. was yeah. writing on that um, uh, show, and it was just like a crazy whirlwind to like get thrown into it. And the first episode I wrote on was about Mohammed bin Salman, the uh, fucking king of Saudi Arabia, crown right. prince, I guess. Right. Yep. Technically the crown prince. Um, and uh, as soon as the episode, like as soon as we had written it out, or uh, like the first draft of it, and it was like getting close to like the second draft, Jamal Khashoggi got executed and like cut up and like suddenly the story changed completely holy fuck holy like fuck. the week before maybe even the weekend before we were supposed to tape it it was like days before suddenly yep. Yep. everybody was talking about saudi arabia which they hadn't been talking about for like two years since yeah, MBS yeah, yeah. became yeah, yeah. crown prince and then we had to like rewrite everything um so that's just to say that the job was like that all the time like it was fucking really? brutal really? like it, it, you're like you're, you're, you're one of the it. you're one of the first writers on the show right 
I was the first batch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A- and I, I stayed along. Me and me and like Moss Paracon, we were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember when you got that job. I think that's why you moved to New York, maybe, or maybe it happened on the same time. Yeah. Um, a, I was like super pumped, but I remember like you were um, freaking out about the interview process. Now, Mike, this is crazy because like when you interview for a writing job, there are multiple rounds of interviews, but it's like not like a typical job interview at all. And I, I remember like, I don't remember exactly what you said, Ismail, but like, I remember you were saying like, oh, they had me prepare X amount of ideas, but then when I got there, they wanted like 15 more or something on the spot or something like that. Do you, like, do you recall that? Yeah, yeah. They, they For the interview, they had us, they had me come up with like, I had to pitch three episodes and I like really rehearsed the episodes. And it, when I think back on it, it's really cringy. I was going, I was going through like joke by joke. Like I was going very... As if I was doing the episode for them. It yeah. was not a pitch. Yeah. It was me just being like, okay, I'm going to act out an episode for you. <laughs> and um, I did that for three episodes. And then afterwards, they were the showrunner, this little Smurf man named Jim. We met like, him, I think, Mike. What? The showrunner for that show. Oh, did the he, he visit it, right? His, uh, he had his a really like, long, long name. He has like a, his creative partner, Hassan's uh, creative partner, right? No, you're thinking of Prashant Venkatata Manujim. That's the that's yeah. the head writer. Oh, um, okay, okay. And co-creator. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you should you should interview. He's a really cool guy, really nice dude. Um Yeah, he seemed cool. But uh fucking Jim Margolis is is this the showrunner. Okay. This small okay. white man. And he just in the interview was like, All right, what do you have another do you have another idea? Like Shit. after I had spent weeks preparing these three, he was like, Do you have just a random other one? And then I pitched him MBS to do a story about Mohammed bin Salman, and it was bad, but they seemed to like it. Wow! I just like That's off sick. the top was like, "Oh, MBS, he's bad," and they were like, <laughs> "All right, yeah, cool, <laughs> yeah, that's the one." <laughs> yeah, all right, fuck you. Yeah. I love it too when uh, when people um, just use the initials. It makes it sound like a really sweet like boy band, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You ever check out this Muslim uh, K-pop band? They're pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I remember in Zero Dark Thirty, they keep calling um, uh, Osama bin Laden UBL. You know, and I'm just like, what? Who's that UBL? That sounds tight. You know, I got, is, it, is that dude on Spotify? I gotta check that out. That's some UBL shit right there. <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to be writers. We've been rejected uh, tons of times. I'm sure we're gonna be rejected like tons more times. Like, what is your yeah. what's your like? You know, I mean, do we need to get up on on like this? Uh, on on the this UBL tip, we got to be throwing out acronyms and shit. Like, what what should we do? Yeah. You know, I think the trick. What do we got to do? A, you just have to be coming up with acronyms. You really just got to be trying your best <laughs> and hope that the acronyms mean something. When I said MBS in the interview, I was just spitballing. You know, could have been anything. <laughs> could have been but, anybody. Uh, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I I think fuck. I think writing jobs are are like they're evil, kind of. You know, it's not fair that they're so hard to get and yeah. they yeah. really are the dividing line between like having any fucking money in comedy and having so yeah. much money. Yeah. Right. Like before right. I got the job, I was living in a, in L.A. in a shed in Silver Lake, like a literal shed without yep. like a bathroom. I, w- I would have to go to the bathroom <gasps> up at like a, a house. You know, I'd have to like walk outside and go to this house next door to use the restroom. Right. Right. And that was just my life, and and it, and I it wasn't that bad. Like I was fine. I was just like a twenty whatever year old, twenty four year old bachelor dude. Yeah. So I was kind of yeah. okay with it, doing open mics and shit. But then you get this job, and it's like, okay, in three days you're gonna make so much money for the next two years. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like at the time I thought it was awesome, but now I guess now that I don't have a writing job, now I'm like that's fuck that's fucked up. That like it is crazy. every comic who's like good enough is fucking on unemployment and shit you know i don't know i'm just a really good guy i guess is what i'm trying to say (laughs) (laughs) i mean were there like did i mean did you like generally enjoy your experience there or was it different than what you thought it was gonna be you know because i still don't to this day i still don't think i understand what goes on to create a tv show as a as writers i think well writers are are really in a in a cushy position at least at, at well, maybe not a Patriot Act. I don't know. Our, like Patriot Act was was specifically rough on everybody who worked there. Like it was a pretty big haul for everyone. Like yeah, yeah. Writers, we were like rewriting stuff constantly, and and 
like huge shifts to the script day of day of taping moments really? into really? taping after like you know tapings would last like in maybe two hours two and a half hours and in the middle of the taping sometimes we would have to stop and like rewrite the ending and then oh, send shit. the song back oh, out so it, it was and i'm not shitting on anybody that worked there but like it was it was very crazy um and I, I, I don't think most shows are like that because I, I was working with some other writers who had had other jobs writing on TV. And they would tell me, like, dude, other shows, like, they are not this insane. Like, they're, they're Damn, a little bit yeah. more. But to, but to Patriot but to Patriot X credit, it got better with time. After, like, a year and a half, <laughs> it became <laughs> a lot more chill. Like, mm. you know, no more, like, 3 a.m. nights after a while. Wow. Were there, like... I mean, that's cool that, I mean, first of all, you got to work for a brown crew, which is awesome. That's your first, like, job, you know. Um, were there, you know, as, like, sort of, like, a Muslim writer, were there any, like, topics that you, like, wanted to write about or cover, like, that you felt passionate about? Because, like, you know, I remember you guys did an episode on, like, um, like how Asians don't vote or something like that. And I, I think one of your Asian producers made that or pitched that or something. I forgot her mm. name. You may yeah. not. You may Amy know Amy Zhang. I know her. Yeah. And uh, that was really cool. And I feel like shows like you know, Hassan's show, they, they were great avenues for these like topics that would never get talked about unless right. Hassan had the right. show. You know, Were there like topics like that? You're just like, oh, I got to talk about this. Or if you're there for two years, by the end, you're like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely a spectrum, of, like depending on how long I had been at the job. I think at the end, I was like, whatever, who gives a fuck? But um, for a while there... I, I do agree with you that that was the, really the coolest thing about the show is that we got to do stuff about like cricket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I love Yo, that. Cricket is fire. It's so nuts, bro. Yeah, Dude, man. This is some vice episode. shit right here. <laughs> we did a cricket episode where Hassan flew to London to talk to like the bad boy of cricket, and it was like, I don't know. I thought it was fucking awesome. That's that's, I, that's awesome. It, it, it's really it's kind of like if. You know, and it's it's crazy that there isn't a reality where, you know, Mike could pitch a sort of a investigative journalism piece on Vietnamese dads who gamble. You know, that's a <laughs> that's a whole thing that you guys do and it's I'm sure it's interesting, but like no one would take that. But it was cool that Hassan had kinda had this like yeah avenue where things like that could actually be considered, you know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I do think Netflix kind of like pushed back on it though. I'm pretty sure they wanted us to do more broad stories and and make everything as like for americans as we could make it mm -hmm. um which kind of sucked and it came later on like early on we were we were a little bit more open to doing what you're talking about like right. kind of more niche right. um specific to like asian and brown topics was there, I wanted uh, to do, there yeah go ahead i was gonna say i wanted to do something on palestine at some point or Syria. I was constantly pitching like Palestine, Israel. What? Uh, yeah. Like what? What was like something? You know, some some. You know, because I think your dad is is Syrian. Is is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Syrian. Right. Yeah. So like, what was like a story angle that you wanted to do about Syria or or that or that that you could that just didn't get picked up? Well, my pitch for Syria, the last one I did was a. I just wanted to like do a thing about. Uh, how Bashar al-Assad beat America, how like we mm. lost a war, because people yeah. don't yeah. really consider that that happened, right? Um, right. Because they don't, they just don't look at it that way. But geopolitically, like Bashar al-Assad, who's considered one of the worst dictators of the 21st century, uh -huh. defeated. Uh, sure. Sure. He defeated the United States in a in a war, like yes. straight up, we lost. Syria is <laughs> under his control and will be for the rest of his life. Yeah, and. Yeah. I can't go back there. Like every Syrian in diaspora, like can't go back to Syria basically because America just fucking didn't do a good enough job fighting or Yo. helping the FSA or doing you anything. You and me are homies now, dude. Get inside the Vietnamese boat, man. We're getting on the boat. We're getting out to the seventh fleet. Okay. We're getting the fuck out of here. That's right. This is the, oh this God. is America's move. Okay. America's move is to, is, is to like, is to is to come into a very complicated situation, taking massive shit and then just leave. They're the dude going to the part, the house party. America goes to the house party, takes a shit in the bathroom, clogs up the toilet, and then it's like, yo, I got to bounce. Uber's here. You know, that is America's move. Oh, and, that's so funny. And I you're mean, totally right about Syria. I mean, there was a time when I was like, man, for sure, this guy is, is going to be out of here. He had lost like 80% of the country geography or something like that. 
and there were so many different forces at play and and then he you know i mean he fucking leveled the fucking country um but he has power he maintained power you know and now he's back on you know he's back nothing happened except millions of people got killed or to, or uh you know had had to got displaced so Right, and he—that's th- a fucked up thing. This isn't funny, but he—he he will happily rule over rubble. You know, yes, this guy yes. doesn't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he just wants to be a world. I don't know what the. Why would you want to be a world leader and like have your people be sad? Like it's just so strange. It's to crazy. Me. crazy. Like what power? How does it? Does it's got to feel fucking great to have power that they don't even care yeah. that the thing yeah. making them have power is just like awful. They're doing the worst version of it. All right, this is no, no, it's good. Uh, yeah, I can see why this didn't get picked up, but you know, yeah. it's, it's a fascinating it, it story. Get, it did get picked up by ANA, so good. It job. got picked up by right. ANA, not Asian. Right. Um, hell yeah, and immediately dude. dropped. Um, I want to okay close out this interview with 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 like this this question here, and uh, you know, you you've been a comedian for a while. You've written on shows and stuff like that, and um, you know, I have a friend who just got a job with Lily Singh, and. She, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, that's, I'm so excited for you. You've been doing comedy forever. Like, it's about fucking time. And she was like, oh, thank you. But uh, it's like a three-month contract, so I could be back here <laughs> in like three months. And I was just like, is there no fucking stability for talented comedians out there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have a resume now, right? But once the show's canceled, it's like, bye. You know, yeah. like, there's no... Not necessarily guarantee you another job, and like, yeah, just kind of, I don't know. I just want to like ask you about your like industry opinion on that. Like, it's, it's it seems pretty wild to me that you could ha- have this like massive responsibility for two years, and then if the show is done, like, you know, like you said earlier, it's like there's not. I don't know. Just like a lot of. I feel like a lot, they just leave comedians out to dry. You know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's really the um the downside of of doing that. I mean, that's why the writing gigs pay so much is because they're none of it's guaranteed that it's going to last for more than three months really, or six months, you know? So that is kind of the the downside to, to it. Um, and I don't know, I, like this is actually something I talked to Rami Yusuf about once where he, he made a really good point. It was right when Name I got drop. Patriot Act. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, is it that cool? He's come on. It's Rami, whatever. Um, but he uh, he he was just telling me that like getting writing gigs is fun, but you want to be able to have creative. You want like creative control over yeah. anything yeah. you do. That's the goal is to be in charge. Because if you're not in charge, then you're you're you know exactly you're gonna get hung out hung out to dry. Like you have no. If you're not making the thing yourself, then the gig is it's eventually gonna go away, and then right. the money is right. just gonna be withering away in your bank account. And that is very true, and much like Syria, not very funny. But, uh, <laughs> I it's my that's I took his advice, and I have not made anything of myself with it. But I hope to one day. <laughs> I am real excited about this next product because it is perfect for. Anal. Asian, not Asian listeners, but also I'm talking about the actual butthole. Yes. Okay. It's hard to believe uh, that when we go to the bathroom in this country, most of us wipe instead of wash. Gross. For years, bidets have been available, but hideously expensive, costing thousands of dollars. Really? That's crazy. What? That's so crazy. The, the Hello Tushy Modern Bidet Attachment is here to democratize the blessings bestowed by bidets and offer clean buttholes to everyone. Hello Tushy cleans your butt with a precise stream of fresh water. It sounds like an Evian ad for just $79. <laughs> Wow, it attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity Whoa. or additional plumbing, Whoa. and cuts toilet paper use by 80%. Wow. So the Hello Tushy bidet pays for itself in a few months. Because with Hello Tushy, you don't wipe at all. Even the best two-ply just can't cut it when it comes to the hands-free poop experience. Yo, ditch paper products and uncomfortable chafing when you switch to the soothing, cleansing stream of water from a Hello Tushy bidet attachment. And every Hello Tushy bidet attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free, <laughs> risk-free, what What kind of risk are we talking about? Risk-free guarantee oh, hey, hey. and a 12-month warranty. Join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. Go to hellotushy.com slash ANA to get 10% off. 
This is a special offer for our listeners. Go to hellotushy.com slash ANA for 10% off. Hellotushy.com slash ANA. Did you know that almost 40% of the United States is people of color, but medical research is 80 to 90% white? That's crazy. Are you telling me that every time I read side effects on a a bottle of pills or something like that, that is based on research only for white people, and they're not really thinking about my petite Japanese body? That's right. They're not thinking about your tiny, tiny Japanese body, okay? This has serious consequences. In drug trials... Uh, conducted primarily in the United States, Asians account for less than 2% of participants, but account for 6% of the U.S. population. Listen, I'm not a scientist, but I know white people and Asian people, we have different bodies. For example, we got different earwax, and I know that makes a difference in my medication. The All of Us Research Program is the largest and most diverse health resource ever, and is representing all of those groups who have been left out of research in the past. People of color, seniors, rural areas, low-income, LGBTQ, etc. It's up to you how much and what you want to share, and all of the info is secure and your identifiable info is removed, so it's anonymous. And why should you trust them? It's managed by the National Institute of Health, NIH, one of the world's foremost medical research centers. Why should you sign up? Well, for the greater good, to represent unrepresented groups, contribute to health research uh, that could help the community, your family, maybe even you. And you also get a $25 gift card. And they're providing 10,000 free Fitbits starting early next year to bring people into research to help close gaps in representation. You can sign up and do everything safely from the comfort of your own home. Participation is power. Join to make a difference at joinallofus.org slash Asian, not Asian. Uh, we got we got this last segment here called Mismanagement Consulting, uh, where we answer our fans' questions, their problems, yeah, yeah. really. Uh, and we call it Mismanagement Consulting because we are not actual consultants, but we will try to solve your problems in the way that management consultants typically do. So if you want to get in on this, please email us at asian.asianpod at gmail.com or leave a voicemail or text us at 917-755-9596. That's 917-755-9596. And we prefer... Voicemails, even even though like only a few of you have been doing that. I know you're embarrassed, but it's a lot better because we can actually play it on the show. Today's question, uh, I guess we'll do a few here. Um, I try to pe- pick these, uh, you know, ca- catering to our guests. Some of these are really weird. Some of these are kind of serious. This one's kind of weird. Uh, this one says, hey, Fumi and Mike, when I was with my ex, parentheses, who is white, I'd encountered the situation where Asian guys, both random ones on the street and people I knew, would come up to me and asked how I managed to get a white girl. Fumi, have you ever encountered this? And how would the two of you recommend responding to these situations? So his problem is that people are happy that he has a white girlfriend? That he has I a guess, white girlfriend. Yeah. I guess people has come this up ever, to him and ask him, like, how did you do it? Has this ever happened to you, Fumi? Um, I think I didn't have a girlfriend when this would have happened to me. Like, I think if I, I had see. a white girlfriend in like 2009 or 10, maybe things people might have asked. But like, you got to remember, like, I don't have a lot of Asian friends for a long time. So like, yeah. he's saying, he's saying Asian people come up to him and ask him how, how they did it, which is like, I don't know. That's kind of fucked up on a lot of levels, you know? That's Oh, <laughs> really? Why? Why do you think it's fucked up? For someone to ask? Yeah. Because it's like that person is clearly valuing like white women over other types of women, right? And so like I would not be comfortable with that question in 2020, you know? Ah, Because they're saying – because they're literally – they're asking you like, hey, how'd you get that job? Like you work at Google? Tight. No, like they're doing it like, oh, I want that job. I want that girl, you know? So I don't – I don't like this question, but – But I've had – I have had people who are like – I, they're all Asian guys, of course. For if, sure. If they're like, oh, you got, you got a girlfriend? And I'll show them a picture of something. And they'll be like, ha white girl. Like, yeah, dude. say some shit like that. Yeah, we know? always give them a high five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I usually give a high five. Uh, just And, I, and I, I don't, I, I do that for the 2008 Fumi. You know, the one, the guy who really needed the high five. The yeah, guy yeah, who really yeah, yeah. The hype. But I don't know. Ismail, you've been, you love white women. You know, what's, what's going on? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what, what do you think about this? I think that this. I think the person asking this question has never had this happen to them. And they, oh, you don't think so? They, <laughs> I don't believe them. I think they've imagined it in their heads when they're out uh, with their white funny. girlfriend and be like, man, how fucking cool would it be if that Korean <laughs> dude asked me how I got a white girl? That would be fucking hot. I'd be so <laughs> proud of myself. I, I've definitely done that in my head of like, God, look at that fucking brown guy. I bet he's... I bet he's somehow impressed or something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't believe the questioner, but I mean, if somebody came up to me and asked how I got 
a white girlfriend i mean they're fucking everywhere i don't i don't know is it that is it that <laughs> yeah also i, I like to just dispel that like i don't know they're not that hard to get uh, anymore <laughs> i don't know like a they are everywhere you know i mean to be honest with you like i'm, I'm i've had a hard harder time trying to impress an asian woman to be honest with you so totally interesting. like I feel like a white person should go to his white girlfriend and be like, how did you get an Asian guy? Because you're like 1% of the population. I'm one, ah! Arabs are 1%. Hey. We're small. We're so we're rare. We're, we're the rare Pokemon of the dating yeah. game. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Level two. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, it's definitely changed. I feel like it was, uh, yeah, 2000, up to 2012 or so, it was like rarer. And now you don't see it as much. Or now you see that kind of all sorts of kind of mixings although i feel it's going back down i feel that they because uh, shang chi got pushed back a year and so now they don't see uh hot asian guys on there anymore so like our, our stock went down a little bit and now but but like it's, <laughs> it's 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 different from like 2000 like 2008 when it was like unusual you know i think yeah. that uh Wait. that was like yeah has this ever see i don't know if this is relatable to you well, well you you've had a white you've had like white girlfriends before right mike i have not no oh no, okay I've, so yeah I don't. Yeah, Mike is a purist, and I love that about him. Uh, <laughs> I would see. I would see. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I feel like. Um, I don't know if like random people would. Um, would you? I don't know if you. If you, if I saw if this was like 2008, Mike, and I saw an Asian guy with a white girl, I don't know if I would like go up to that dude and give him a high five in front of this other person and be like, "Nice." You know what? What? What bait did you use? You know, like she's a fish. You know, like what's your what's your lure? What's your lure <laughs> yeah, system? Did you tell her? Did you tell her you like Arcade Fire? What'd you do, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel wait, it was unusual enough where it was like you noticed it. You know, wait, it was Ismael, important. has this ever happened to you? Sometimes, and this is how I know I'm not completely decolonized. My mind, I mean, <laughs> uh, is I will be on the train, and I'm sitting next to my white girlfriend, and across the the train is another asian guy with his white girlfriend and i don't know what to think about it but i do go hmm like i do do hmm. that you know so i do know that something is happening i don't know i ever had that happen to you dude I, I definitely have had that happen i mean i've never had it happen with like another visibly arab guy and a white girl um oh yeah but i've oh, yeah. because i think arabs in new york stay pretty close together like the arab community yeah. here is actually yeah. really tight-knit but i've definitely seen like pakistani or, or desi guys with white girls across the train for me and i always i do have that moment that you're talking about but it's definitely for me like a competitive feeling where i'm like oh are they the hotter brown and white couple than me and my wife like are we like the are we the schlubby boring ones or are they the <laughs> like ah and I don't know. I think I dude. I think Pakistani guys they really turn it up. Like they can be pretty fucking. They can be pretty hot. It's it's dude. Oh uh, oh my gosh, dude. What like my uh, my worst fear is over the uh, the hot Indian dude with long hair. Oh Jesus, you know. <laughs> God damn. Come on, bro. You're just too sexy. And he's got like a like he's got like Chelsea boots on. Oh, I fucking hate that. Oh dude, and a brown guy with Chelsea boots. It's a game brown over. guy with Chelsea boots. Forget it. Oh, you just go ahead. Just. <laughs> Everybody, girl, we all, we're all going to leave. Ismail and Fumi, we're all, we're all out of here. You know, there's no yeah. way we can compete with that. So, all right. Yeah. So to this guy, I would say we think you are lying. But <laughs> if someone, if someone did ask you, I would say, hey, you need to watch some movies and decolonize your mind because white women, they're not the top anymore. Okay. The top is Indian guys with Chelsea boots. Yeah. So that's what you got to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, okay, that was our show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Ismail, thank you for being on it. Uh, where can our listeners find you, man? Dude, you can find me on Instagram, Ismail, I-S-M-A-E-L, dot Lutfi, L-O-U-T-F-I. Nice. Uh, any, any other cool things coming up? You got a podcast? You got a show? Anything? I got a, I'm, I got a Comedy Central set coming out in January. Oh, shit. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah, it was recorded during COVID, and it was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's amazing. Oh, you also did like a man. I should ask this earlier. You fucking met Bill Burr, right? You did like a Comedy Central Bill Burr thing. Yeah, I did that this in March of this year. Yeah, and it That's was so just wild. a seven minute set. It was fun, dude. What was that like, man? Um, it was pretty standard. It was a pretty just chill experience meeting him. He's a terrifying man up close. Oh really? His face <laughs> is abs. It's just massive. He has. Oh really? His oh, really? face blotted out everything else in the room and his eye he's got like those neanderthal eyebrows that like don't really <laughs> you know like they're like really heavy set and there's kind of his super blonde so there's no 
actual hair where they should be. It just looks like little bumps of skin. Um, <laughs> basically, Bill Burr is a hideous man, and that is <laughs> that was the whole experience was was kind of taking that in and and just living with it. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, it was fun. He asked me about getting married when I was a teenager. That's cool. He was nice. He was a nice guy. How was Super, he? Yeah. He was really nice. He was a really sweet guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's okay, nice cool. to hear. Because I, I hate it when I hear that one of my favorite comedians is a fucking asshole. So that's what. Yeah, nice that's to hear. no. He, he was really sweet, and I think he revels in being like a sweet guy. Like, I, yeah. 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 I love that he is uh that is su- he's sweet and terrible to look at. That's wonderful. I think that's that's so on brand for him, you know. <laughs> you can only have both, man. Yeah. Um you can always find us on all the social platforms at Asian Not Asian Pod. I'm also on there at the Fumiabe. That's T H E F U M I A B E. And you can find me on Instagram at nice pants bro. Please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps. Tell your friends about it. And check out our Patreon if you want more of this. We got more weekly content, um, audio and video on our Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash AsianNotAsianPod. And we got, we got merch as well. So if you want that, we got hoodies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing one right now. So if nice. you want that, uh, go to AsianNotAsianPod.com slash merch. I think that's it. Ismail, thank you so much. Oh yeah. Thanks and, for having uh, me, guys. And uh, so we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.